0: I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor, your host of the podcast, and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog this week. And I'm here with my two co-authors, none other than James Andrews. Good morning, and Blaine Carver. Good morning, Blaine. You came in. You said you and your wife liked this article. It made me feel good because I wasn't sure about it. Tell me about it.
1: I I loved it. I, I loved the article. Um, I I told my wife the analogy right away and she goes I love that analogy and uh, it honestly Trevor it was kind of therapeutic for me and the reason I say that I'm gonna go into a little bit of a story if that's okay yeah I love stories but I grew up in Alaska grew up on this world-class salmon fishing river and so fishing was a big part of my life or at least my hometown's life and so town's about 4,000 people, but it ballooned to like 12,000 this summer because people would come from all over the, the world, really, to, to fish in our hometown. For salmon? Or for for my... salmon. Okay. Yep. Yep. And my dad actually moved from Minnesota to Alaska to become a, a um, fishing guide on the river. Fantastic fisherman, best fisherman I know. My little brother got the bug as well. I didn't necessarily get the bug. And the reason why I say this is therapeutic for me, Trevor, is because I think I realize why. And you'll, you'll get into it, but it's this idea that I had a few experiences when I was little where i my dad would wake me up at four 30 in the morning and we'd get up, it'd be windy and cold. We'd get in the boat, we'd take off and we'd sit there for like four or five hours. And sometimes usually it was a great experience, but there were a couple times where we didn't get a single bite and I'd come home after four or five hours and I'd be like, that was pointless. And I realized for a true fisherman, you know, they enjoy being out on the water, being with family and friends. The process. Yeah. The th- that's like the DNA of a true fisherman. I clearly don't have that DNA. And so I, I realized like, I- dad, if you're listening, maybe that's part of the reason why I didn't go fishing quite so often as I'm a young sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> because I just didn't have that makeup and And we'll get into it more, but. Uh, yeah, I'll I'd color like it in for
0: you a little bit. The yeah. analogy I was making is uh, I do a lot of reviews with clients and one of my favorite reports that we produce at the Bonzer Group is like a one-page report. And it just says, here's what every single month last year looked like. I like it because I know in the moment, investors are anxious. Like, what's next month going to look like? How is this election going election to affect things? Where's inflation going to be, right? But when you close the chapter of a year, you can just look back and see how everything actually happened. Some people don't do that, but we talk a lot about the importance of reflection, and sometimes we'll use the term game film. So since I've been looking at this game film for 2023, I said 2023 reminds me a lot of fishing. Because if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it basically, in October, was where it was in November. So for the first 10 months, you went nowhere. And then November and December were amazing. And the returns at the end of the year for the Dow Jones Industrial Average were higher than its normal average. Yet, you spent the first 10 months, so 84% of the time, going nowhere, and then 16% of the time, you took all your returns. And just reminded me, that's probably what it's like being a fisherman, is that, yes, you wish you could take your boat out, catch a fish, and go right back in, but sometimes you wait four or five hours, and then you get the big catch at the end. And I was trying to create the visual for our readers to say, put yourself in the boat. Imagine what it's like. You're frustrated. You've been there four or five hours. Yeah. And then finally, you're like, I'm done. Pack up, put your tackle box in. You go in, and then you look out. Some other boat kind of is in the same spot you were, mm-hmm. and they get the catch of the day. And uh, for folks that haven't fished before, maybe you've gambled. And I said, maybe that slot machine took all your money. And then the minute you walk away, your successor, the next person that sits down, takes the jackpot. Uh, and that's why so much of investing is just showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's being in the market for long periods of time and getting that exposure because you don't know when the returns are going to come. And I'm going to give this over to you, James, but I'll end with how many times have you seen the same chart, and it probably hasn't impacted us enough, that if you miss like the 10 best days in the market, Mm -hmm. how does it impact your return, the five best days, and so on and so forth, you don't know when those best days are going to come. You don't know when the fish are going to bite. So it's so important to show up. And, And later on in this podcast, we'll talk about Where's the advice there? Talk about process and emotions, but go ahead, James. Yeah.
2: So this is fishing and hunting in general, I think are really good analogies for investing. Are you a hunter? No. Okay. No. Uh, A little bit in my childhood, again, fishing with you guys, like you guys, I did a lot of fishing with my dad, but it's this world of you go out into the great wide world trying to accomplish and catch something really fantastic or noteworthy. And you just realize how little control you have over everything. And mm-hmm. it is infuriating. <laughs> so my court, like personality traits, it's, I'm de- detail oriented. I'm not he the is. most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, literally Sean will tell me almost every week, James, stop overthinking things like every week. I'm not the most patient person. I like to see results in an expected amount of time. Um, and I overthink a lot of things. Those are three attributes that are terrible for investors. And if, left unchecked, it can drive you crazy because for fishing, for example, if I'm not catching anything for the first four hours, I start to think I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong pond. I should be on the other side of the lake or I need to go Mm -hmm. in the stream or, oh, it's probably my bait, right? I should change out my bait and do something different. Like what can I control that would increase the outcome that I'm trying to get? And how do I tinker with things to get to where I want to go? Not realizing that sometimes you just have to wait and be patient and breathe and trust the process And it's just simply out of your control sometimes in how the stock market goes.
0: Mistaking activity for productivity. Yeah, Yeah. it's a big one for me. It it was funny. So Sean's busy today. Otherwise, he'd be on this podcast with us. But when we were coming in, uh, it was raining. It's raining really hard right now. And he was like, hey, what'd you write about? And I told him. And then we took a different door into the building to get in quicker because the rain. And it took us to the service elevator. And we hit the button. And we're waiting. We're waiting. And I was like, Hey Sean, this elevator sometimes doesn't show up. Like, do you want to go to the other elevator? As we're walking away, it's like, bing, and I'm like, uh oh. And I walked back, and I was like, ah, I just wrote this article. Like, there's something to be said about being patient. And mm-hmm. like, like you talked about James, this idea that um, sometimes you can mistake activity for productivity. Mm-hmm. And the image I'm getting of your dad, which it may or may not be him, is that like Warren Buffett always says, what makes a great investor? It's temperament. Right. Mm-hmm. So your dad's out in that boat. He's been out in that boat a million times. Yep. And he knows the fish do bite. Yes. And he is enjoying the process. Yeah. Right. There's like a relaxation where you could be tense or you're shoulders tight or you're like wondering like, what are we doing? Did- wrong bait, wrong this. And there's something to be said about, uh, you know, that wise old fisherman yep. that will sit there and understand, I know this is a process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's seen the other side. He's seen those days where he sits there for six hours and he doesn't get anything, but he knows the next day he's still going to show up and he's probably going to catch something. And I've talked about this before, but it's like when we click on a video on YouTube or whatever, and so, sometimes it opens a new tab and there's no loading bar. And for me, I don't know about for you guys, it's infuriating because you don't know when that web page is going to show up. <laughs> but if there's, even if it takes a full minute, if you can see that loading bar just slowly circle around. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can wait for that web page to load because I know there's progress being made.
0: Yeah. The attention span of the internet generation is <laughs> wild. I can't tell you how many times I've, uh, ESPN, I go on there quite often mm-hmm. and an interesting video pops up and I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. And then the commercial pops up and it's like, Eighteen seconds. I'm like, nah, that mm. that that dunk isn't worth waiting eighteen seconds. So I'm just like, I'm out. So uh, yeah, very very little patience. And if you have that lack of patience in the area of watching online videos, it does translate. It gets in your DNA, and it makes you get frustrated whether you're fishing or investing.
2: Yeah, and so the, you mentioned game film. I, I love that phrase so much because for our for athletes they can see the game film they can analyze how they're taking their shots right they can watch themselves in the third person and make tweaks it's hard for advisors to do that because you're in the client meetings live and you're making decisions live and so it's hard to know if there's tweaks that we have to make or should make or if this is just one of those things where we wait and be patient the game film is helpful because you can look back on history and see, oh, okay, like this, this is how the stock market behaves. Like this is normal. This is how returns are generated. And so it calms for me reading about history and seeing how the market behaves helps me know that this is just the process. There's not really much I can do beyond maybe marginal tweaks. And I should just enjoy the process. If it's flat, it's better than being down. If it's down, well, dividends reinvest. And so just understanding that this is just part of the world we live in. It's the nature of the game, um, but it's hard to get that context unless you know game film, unless you study history, unless you're familiar enough with the stock market to know that this is normal and this is, should be expected.
0: And that's in your wheelhouse or something you enjoy. You're talking about framing yeah. is like, hey, how am I going to frame things to myself to help myself not make bad decisions? And what you just said, now I have little tidbits I can give myself for flat markets and down markets to make sure that I don't make bad decisions.
1: And we're all in the investment industry. And James, you talked about, you know, looking at history and looking at charts and graphs and things like that. But I will say this article helped me to learn a little bit of empathy for investors in general, because probably 80 or 90% of the the general public does not have this frame of mind of investments and finance and Excel and things like that. And so you know, we're in it every day. We understand bear markets happen. And, you know, the average entry year decline, I think is 14%. You mentioned last year, Trevor, we understand that a lot of investors don't. So I will say this, this may be empathetic to those investors, just like, hopefully, my dad maybe learns, Oh, I, I get why Blaine didn't go fishing quite so much. He just, he didn't, he wasn't in that world. He didn't have that that DNA that I did.
0: Yeah, we're coming up soon on March Madness, right? We're about a month away or so, maybe a little bit longer. And one of the things I love about March Madness, the game's never over, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about this idea that maybe you had a conversation with somebody on November 1st, and they're like, ah, we're going to throw on the towel. This is going to be a pretty stinky year. Um, but it is what it is. But they were wrong. It mm-hmm. was an above-average year. How many people in November 1st were going to say, this is going to be an above-average year? Nobody, right? But the great thing about March Madness you can have a team, a team, a team that is up by 16 points with two minutes left. The game ain't over. Mm-hmm. I can tell you a lot of stories of, of how things have swung. So, you know, I used to race BMX bikes and my trainer always used to tell me the finish line is 10 feet past the finish line mm-hmm. because so many people, it was a sprinter sport that I was in and so many people would uh, not pedal through the finish line or they would sit down early and they would go from first place to third place. And so he always said, Hey, I know you see visually the finish line right there. And he'd go draw a line in the sand, like 10 feet further. That's the finish line pedal through the finish line. Good and, coach. uh, yeah, super good coach. And, um, what markets did for us, even though they're out of our control is they pedaled through the finish line.
2: Yeah. So another sports analogy. So I grew up doing swim team. Um, so I did individual races. And so the coach, uh, for me would, would help us understand that. All you're trying to do is get to the wall quickly. The minute you look to your right or to the left to see how the other swimmers are doing and get a comparison, it actually slows down and it drags your performance. And so the best swimmers don't look to the right or to the left. They look forward. I remember there was... He
1: didn't read my article. (laughs) <laughs> the previous one the previous one a, yeah. a couple it's weeks okay. ago it's no. okay. <laughs> yeah go back, You'll back. Gonna read it. Yeah. Michael phelps. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i was just gonna talk about yeah. michael phelps yeah there go funny. ahead okay i should listen to all the articles yeah said. <laughs> anyway all that to say is the fear of missing out and looking at others is a big part of how we can get ourselves into trouble but apparently we already talked about that last week so i won't talk
0: about we did but you can go look it up um <laughs> we'll we'll kind of bring this to a conclusion or what we're, we're really trying to get to is like people, this is more than a cute analogy, right? There's something to be had here. The reason you watch game film is because you want to do things differently next time. So if you're wondering what my advice is, my advice is simple. Um, You should focus on process and controlling your emotions, right? There is a sport of professional fishermen. I'm guessing those guys have a process. So they try to hone in their process to refine their craft and they take their emotions, all that energy that can lead us to disappointment or anxiety. They use that as fuel and they go and they take and they refine their process. So I have never met somebody, myself is included in this category that has perfect financial hygiene. So there's always something you can be working on. So I'm not saying be a robot. I'm saying take those emotions that exist and use them as fuel to go focus on something else and what I call an article to control the controllables. You cannot control the fish biting, but you can control your process. So for you specifically, do you need to invest a little bit more in a tax strategy? Um, You know, Blaine, you've joined a few of my client meetings recently and had great advice for clients specifically on tax strategies that were impactful things that I didn't think of. And I was like, huh, that's very additive. So whether it's tax strategies, whether it's your estate plan, whether it's the design of your portfolio and and revisiting that, there is a a process of refining both your process and your craft that deserves your attention and energy more than, we'll use this year, the elections, Mm -hmm. inflation, interest rates, I'm going to give you a clue. You don't control any of those things. So focus on what you can control.
1: That's so good. You, you said it, control the controllables. And there's, there's so many things that we can start a meeting off that are additive to, to the client. Tax strategies you mentioned, especially for pre-retirees and recently retired folks. So many unique things that we can tweak to not only mitigate taxes today, But think about taxes 15, 20 years from now. Let's let's think about a way to mitigate those taxes. Um, So, yeah, framing's huge. Expectations are huge.
0: And also, like, I love the Bible talks about this. I don't know the exact scripture, but in, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is telling somebody, stop stealing, right? But he doesn't say just stop stealing. He says, instead, use your hands to do good works. So we're telling somebody to stop doing something. Stop letting your emotions get the best of you, right? But take that energy, take those emotions, and go redirect them elsewhere. And I think that's the mistake a lot of people in the advice business. They're really good at telling somebody not to do something. But what you really need to do is that redirection of, okay, this is what you should do.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm reminded of a quote. This other Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger talks about uh, the, the beauty of compound investing and how that's a really big part of the stock market's. And they say the number one rule of investing, especially compound investing, is to not interrupt it unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. Just let it ride. Trust the process. Um, The energy, the anxiety, again, I have those, right? I'm I'm detail-oriented. I like to tweak things. I'm constantly trying to think about ways to refine my process. Focus on things that you can control that are additive to... The balance sheet. So things that I focus, I look at my budget, right? I read about the stock market to understand if what I'm experiencing is normal or if it's not normal. And I talk to people who know more than me just to get perspective.
0: Yeah. Morgan Housel, one of my favorite finance authors, uh, I think he dedicated a whole chapter to this janitor that none of us would have ever heard of, right? That retired with a, a very normal salary his whole life with seven or eight million dollars, right? Why? Because he showed up. Mm-hmm. He put money in the market never interrupted compounding unnecessarily. And he let the market do what it does. And he had a, a process, a commitment. Uh, I, somebody also says, I like this. How do they say it? They say, uh, the more you play with soap, the quicker it disappears. And hmm. they say portfolios are a, a, very similar, right? The the more The more sort of uh, activity and things that you try to do when you think you're doing something right. Like you take that line out of the water every five seconds, you're going to catch a fish, Right.
1: Fidelity did an interesting study where they, they polled uh, investors and asked them, how often do you look at your your holdings or your your statements? And there was uh, daily, and then there was monthly, and then there was annually. And the, the best investors in this particular study were those investors that looked at their statement monthly. So not the people that were daily playing with things, but also not the people that went a full year without maybe you know, looking at their allocation. There's those people who were prudent, who looked at their statements on a monthly basis, who tracked and knew what they owned, but they didn't mess with it too often.
0: Yeah, I remember another study they did. <clears throat> I think it came under criticism, but it was something like they, uh, you might remember, I don't know, but the they took all their investors of this pool of sample size, right? And uh, lined up the returns and tried to f- figure out what factor made a great investor. And I think it was like they lost their login, or something. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> something silly like that, that was uh, <laughs> unexpected. So, um, yeah, so I think the basic thing we want to get across to you all is that history is our best teacher, and it's not a bad idea to take a time out to look at a little game film, right? We're getting ready for Super Bowl. What do those guys do right after they throw an interception? The next thing you see the camera rolling over and they have one of those little, you know, iPads or something. Microsoft Surfaces. Yeah, Microsoft Surfaces, and they're watching what happened. So I don't think we should spend too much time dwelling on the past, but I think we should gather the lessons that are there, the low-hanging fruit, and say, hey, where's the application here? So this article is all about 2023, uh, I've only noticed this through experience, but literally most of the reviews, I was like a fourth or fifth review. I was like, huh, all the returns came in November, December. I didn't even think about that because I'm telling somebody, here's what your returns were last year. I was like, oh, that seems higher than what I thought it was going to be. And then I looked at the monthly report and I was like, hmm, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, n- November and December were very kind to folks. Uh, any final thoughts, James?
2: Nope. I think that's great. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy um, New Year.
0: Happy
1: New Year. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading, so it's, it's actually from Psalm 1. It talks about this tree planted by streams of water. And it says, um, it, it yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Not saying that Psalm 1 is talking about investing, but that I think there's an application to be made there. In where are we planting ourselves? So that tree was planting itself by the stream, this never-ending flow of, of water, of nourishment. If we're investors and we're planting ourselves in a dry climate, if you will, where our friends maybe are stoking fear or stoking FOMO, that's probably not going to lead to a good outcome. Or if we're focused on social media or, or cable TV, not saying those are bad in and of itself, but it, they sure can be, that's not going to lead to a good outcome. But if we plant ourselves in places where maybe friends or professionals keep us accountable and give us maybe good advice rather than you know impulsive advice, I think that's going to lead to good outcomes.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said that That old saying, you are your worst enemy, Mm -hmm. is very applicable to investing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the decisions folks make, myself, I'm in there, right? It's not pointing the finger. Uh, We're all susceptible to it, but uh, we have to be conscious that sometimes we can be exactly that are worst enemies. So mm-hmm. with that said, we'll ask that you rate the podcast. Five stars are preferred. If you don't mind, you can leave comments there. Also, if you want to ask a question, uh, or sometimes people give me corrections when I forget, uh, quotes or things like that, you're welcome to email, uh, either Blaine, James, or me, Trevor, Tom, T O M at the bonsangroup.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Actually, one of my clients sent me a podcast, um, on the gut and, um, biotics and things like that i gotta listen to it this week no it's really good i was excited yeah we talked about it i was like oh i gotta listen to that it was a a a podcast that i actually really like so it's uh, teed up to listen this week so thanks parts um with that said uh we will be back next week with more of our
1: thoughts thoughts on money